looking back at the best of Saturday racing from around the country and examining the major talking points of the day. This is Past the Post, brought to you by Archer Park Racing, taking racing ownership to the next level. Good morning, everyone. This is Past the Post for Sunday, the 27th of August. Of course, yes, brought to you by Archer Park Racing. Go to their website, archerparkracing.com.au. There's still shares left in their encryption filly. And speaking of Archer Park Racing, good luck with their horse today, Show Me Mercy, who will run at short odds in the first race at the Sunshine Coast. He is a very, very good three-year-old, and he's been kept on ice since winning at his only start last November. He should be winning today. So good luck to the team there. And anything you want to know about Archer Park, that website, archerparkracing.com.au. We had the Group 1 Wink Stakes last Saturday. This Saturday come out, we're going to have the Group 1 Memsey. So yesterday was a little bit of a lull, so to speak. But I think we've got some better insights or some stronger insight into our three-year-olds in terms of uh, sprinting and, and getting up to middle distance through the San Domenico and the up-and-coming. They were both Group 3s at... Rose Hill, of course, we had the listed Carline at the Valley. We had the listed Leon McDonald at Morfordville on the Morfordville Parks track and a good car of racing at Doombin. How was your day, Ben Dorries? Good morning to you. Yeah, it was good, David. It was a funny old day, wasn't it? Uh, no group ones. The racing was good without being sort of top-level outstanding, but we are only in late August, aren't we? So the spring's a long burn. One thing I did learn... Tom Kitten is a very, very mm. good animal. To do that with 59 kilos in the up-and-coming first up, um, coming from the back, uh, I thought that was the win of the day anywhere for me. It was hard to beat as a winner of the I day for anyway. I would agree with you. Uh, I thought it was superb. So, uh, look, that horse has got big fish to fry. What did we learn elsewhere? Uh, we'll discuss it as the show goes on. I think yesterday we'll describe it as a stepping stone day. Very good analogy, Dave. Stepping stone day. And the, and the, the, the last Saturday... For winter, so officially we're into spring next Saturday when the Memsey will be the first Group 1 in Melbourne. But let's turn our attention to racing at Rose Hill Gardens yesterday. And as we said, two Group 3s, both for the three-year-olds, one for the, the sprinter, so to speak, at the 1100. That was the San Domenico, and here's the replay. Firestar held out the instructor for the lead. Introducing third, Libertad fourth, one out, one back. Then Butch Cassidy, three back the inside of Moravia. Further back, General Salute pushing wide from Corniche. Kandinsky abstract, very deep. And Untouchable Legends last, Firestar and introducing. They've locked horns at the 300 metres. Libertad is chiming in. Introducing Needs Room. Then came Moravia, Butch Cassidy. Further back, General Salute pushing out. Got underneath Corniche as Libertad got to the front. Moravia's on the scene. Libertad in front from Moravia. Butch Cassidy late, but it's Libertad in the San Domenico. Libertad beat Moravia and the fast-finishing Butch Cassidy. Then General Salute with a checkered passage. Further back to the instructor introducing Corniche, Kandinsky abstract, untouchable legend and fire star. Libertad successful. Um, first up, of course, he won the kindergarten as a juvenile. And uh, first up yesterday, the San Domenico successful. Chad Schofield has ridden Libertad in every one of his race starts and I think in every one of his official trials. There's no way he's getting off him. He's our first guest this morning. Chad, good morning. Good morning. Congratulations. And as I said, uh, there'll be no one coming near you to try and get you off uh, Libertad. You've got a very good association with this horse and fair to say you know him inside out. Yeah, I sure do. You know, you know if anyone wants to come, they'll have to bring a crowbar. <laughs> It just goes um, to show, yeah. Chad, doesn't it? Uh, oh, sorry to interrupt you, mate. It just goes to show, I mean, this was a $40,000 yearling. There were there were million-dollar colts in the same race. Horses don't know mm -hmm. how much they're worth, do they? No, they don't. Um, 
and you know Libertad's as big as as big and as strong as as any of them out there. So he's a beautiful animal, and um, he's got a very bright future. You must have been happy soon after the jump. You drew off the track. All of a sudden, you're sitting pretty one-one. So things panned out really well for you to allow that horse then to, to show how good he is. Absolutely. You know, we actually we actually planned to ride the horse a bit conservatively from the gate because we knew he was a bit underdone, and we thought if we press forward, you know, we might just be vulnerable late in the race. But I didn't need to pressure him early. I, uh, he jumped that quick that I couldn't I could sort of just flow into the position I got and. Once I got that position and he and he spat the bit out and relaxed, I knew they they wouldn't be, they wouldn't beat him. So um, now it's just good to get the job done first up. And uh, yourself and Annabelle Nishima have had a very high opinion of um, of this guy from Day Dot Chat. Yeah, we have. Um, when I was riding him at two, I always thought he'd you know be be, be better as a three-year-old, and um, he was always like a big, tall, strong two-year-old. But he's really just furnished now into into an incredible athlete. And, um, yeah, he's, he's got a very bright future. Obviously, the Golden Rose is the immediate aim. And um, if he can get there unbeaten um, and, and take that out, he, you know, he's, he's worth a lot of money. Certainly. The other feature of yesterday, and I think Annabelle mentioned this as well, but I think you did as well, like he went into yesterday's race, certainly far from his from peak fitness. So that, that also speaks volumes about the win and going forward too. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, he um, he's really come a come a long way quickly, like this preparation in terms of his fitness. But yeah, he's by no means screwed down. He had a, he had a big winter coat on him, and he was a bit fresh before the race. Um, he had a big blow as as well. So um, yeah, we knew he he wasn't anywhere near um, at his peak fitness level. But you know, he will be next up. Chad, since you you came back from Hong Kong, are you pretty much where you want to be now in terms of you know getting the support from stables and, and getting winners or, or whatever? Is this kind of where you envisaged you'd be, or, or are you in front of where you thought you'd be, or behind, or how's everything going? For um, you? Oh, definitely behind where I envision and hope to be. And you know, it's, when you when you're away for so long, like I was, it's very hard to just step back in and you know take take rides of people who have long successful associations with trainers so you know it took a lot of time I was very lucky to, to team up with Annabelle um, quite early on and um, you know she really threw, threw support at me and um, yeah I feel like I'm still in the in the rebuilding stage but you know slow and steady and I'm sure we'll get there. Have you thought at all about, um, I know you're established in Sydney now, but at any point along the journey, did you consider riding, um, you know, in Victoria rather than um, Sydney? Because I guess it's probably commonly thought of that the Sydney jockey's room is probably the toughest mm. in Australia. Yeah, I mean, I was I was actually always, after Hong Kong, whilst I was in Hong Kong, I was always, I always had it in my mind that I'd go back to Melbourne because, you know, that's that's where I, where I was riding prior. But, um as the years went by, I, I quickly, you know, realised that I'd, I'd prefer to be around my family and, and my friends, having missed them for so long, being in Hong Kong. And um, yeah, we, when we, my, myself and my wife decided to leave Hong Kong, we we chose Sydney for that reason. Ben made a good point, Chad. Uh, the, the, the Sydney scene, I, I wouldn't go as far as to say it's cutthroat, but it's not far from it. It's a it's a high pressure business, and you can be riding as well as ever and know you're riding your best but still find it tough to get rides or even get wins because there's so much talent there. There is, you know, there's there's great depth in the rooms. Um, you know, I think you can look at the top 10 jockeys. They're all 
they're all really good. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's not easy anywhere, but it is particularly strong in Sydney. But you know, it brings the best out of everyone, and um, you never want to shy away from good competition. And uh, how's fatherhood cha changed you, Chad? We all remember you early days in Melbourne. You were, you were quite brash, and rightly so. You were, you were a kid yeah. on the way up, and, and you, you know you reached the heights of racing. But I'm assuming fatherhood has given you a, a, yeah, a new perspective on life as well. It has. I'm currently at breakfast trying to wrestle and keep him still, but no, it's, it's, it's great. Um, you know, even when you have a bad day, obviously you just come home and switch off, and spend time with him. So no, it's really good. Life, life's good. Thanks for joining us. Good, uh, good luck in the future with with Libertad. We'll see him in the run to the Rose in a couple of weeks. Just before you go, one question: There's a horse I saw you trial at Hawkesbury last Monday, yep. and you rode it in a win as well. I, I think this horse has a future. Tazaral. Tazaral, yes, he's um, he was he was meant to run at that Hawkesbury race the other day and got scratched due to a bad draw, but he had a nice trial there afterwards, and he was gonna he's gonna run on Saturday. You'll be on him. Yeah, I'm riding him, and yeah, he, he is a very promising horse. Um, he'll be hard to beat in that race. I think it's just a benchmark benchmark race. So um, he's definitely been targeted at stronger races later on. He seems a progressive type. Enjoy your day, mate. Thanks for joining us. No problem. Thank you. Chad Schofield, our first guest on Past the Post this morning, and... Yeah, there's no way he'll be getting off Libertad. They can't get him off it. No, absolutely. He's well-spoken, isn't he, Chad? Uh, absolute delight to uh, deal with. Uh, the Beaten Brigade uh, was interesting. Corniche, which started favourite, was found to be mildly lame after the after the race, and so too Kandinsky Abstract. Um, you know, there was a lot of eyeballs on it, obviously, because of the you know huge price tag as a yearling. They were the two favourites, but they settled at the rear of the field. Mildly lame. Uh, but they just never, they never got into the race. Um, I think Kandinsky abstract. I think might have run the quickest last six hundred of the race. So look, oh, there's some, something there. Yeah. You bring your time times. Up. There you go. Haven't times changed? I couldn't tell you what the time was. Thirty-two seventy-three. Is that quick? Yes. <laughs> Excellent. You couldn't run it. No. Well. And nor could I. <laughs> Maybe for ten meters. So look, I mean, if you back. Uh, either of those two, you would have been disappointed. But, I mean, to be honest, the way the race was run and also probably the pattern of the day, like there was no shocking bias there or anything, but I think generally as the day went on, Tom Kitten aside, um, m most of the, the winners were sort of up, a, up amongst them, weren't they? Yeah. I, I think Libertad uh, in the right spot, perfectly ridden, uh, presented at the right time. And, of course, the record shows he's a, he's a very good horse. There's one of our listeners uh, who, and I'm not quite sure what his name is, but... We, you can text us, you know, zero four double nine putter. I've never seen a man who's uh, he must be the the president of the Limited Fan Club. If he's listening out there this morning, surely you won yesterday. Surely you back Limited. I think it was about an eight dollar chance. But he's been talking about it for months. What about Limited? What about Limited? I haven't responded to him either. But I am this morning, <laughs> Mr. Limited. I hope you backed it yesterday. I'm sure you did. So that was the that was the San Domenico. Let's go to the other three-year-old feature at Group Three level, the up and coming. This is at thirteen hundred metres, and Caballus was the favourite. Yvonne Pierce shows the way, three quarters to Griff, followed then by Kemantari's only son, Manware, who travels third on the inside of the favourite Cabalas. Two lengths away to Ducas, then came Kintaya. Further back to Tom Kitten on the inside of Tuta Levita. End cap racing held up third last as they come around the turn. Levon Pierce still under a grip, shows the way. Griff under plenty of pressure second. Cabalas, no excuses in the third position with clean air, followed by Kintaya. Further back to Manware and Tom Kitten. 
coming to the outside. Griff showing plenty of fight, laying it down to Lee Bompier. Kintar running on. Kabbalah's one paced and Tom Kitten started to lengthen. Kintar in the middle of the track. Kintar races to the lead. Tom's on the scene. Tom Kitten and Kintar and Tom. Tom got the bob and beat Kintar. End cap charging home at a third. Then Ducasse and Griff from Le Vampire. Tuta Levita was next. Then came Hasty Honey from Manware. Kabbalah's very disappointing. And Cafe Millennium was always back last. As Ben said at the top of the program, a lot to like about Tom Kitten's performance and probably registered as the, the most striking performance on yesterday's Racing Around Australia. I'm sure this man would agree, or certainly partially agree. Vin Cox from Godolphin. Vin, good morning. Yeah, good morning, David. How are you? I'm well. And there was a lot to like about this win. Uh, a long way back and strong to the line. Yeah, he was. And uh, he, you know, he didn't step with him, but he took up a nice position and, uh, and, a, and a good run in transit. And they had you know, pretty good pressure up front. So it did suit him very well. Um, and then you know, from the 300, uh, Nash said he, he thought he was always going to win it. But um, the horse of um, Gary Cortelli's Kintyre, um, um, you know, obviously he, he performed very well. Uh, but our bloke um, put his head out the right time and, and won. So he's a horse that is, is very unlucky in the size produce in, at Flemington. When, um, when Jamie uh, Carr had that uh, bad fall, uh, he copped a lot of the brunt. So, um, and following that, he, he, he went on and uh, performed well, so, and, and not least fourth in a champagne. So the form was there for him. 59 kilos, though, Vin, just certainly didn't um, have it easy, did he? He was given, you know, four or five kilos to a lot of his uh, opposition and, and coming from the back half of the field, which I'd suggest not too many winners came from yesterday. No, and you're and you spot on there, Ben, um, no doubt. Uh, the 59, I mean, that's the conditions of the race. We felt he was well and truly up up to it. Um, and, uh, you know, we do have, well, we haven't sort of form, exactly formulated where we want to go, but we do have fairly high aspirations with him. We see him as a horse that's going to get uh, get over a bit more of a trip or is not going to be as sharp as, say, a six furlong horse. Um, so, yeah, no, we, we're very keen as to where he goes. I see mentioned in, in dispatches yesterday the spring champion stakes, 2,000 metres, is, uh, was considered as a target, but there's nothing wrong with going to the Golden Rose along the way, is there? Oh, absolutely not. Uh, no, no, quite, uh, no. And if he landed in there, we'd be quite happy. And, uh, you know, we, last year we did it with, with Golden Mile. He went through onto the Caulfield Guineas, so, uh, which obviously isn't, isn't, isn't the spring champion, but um, the, the spring champion does look like a, a very nice race for him. Um, 10 furlongs, Ramwick, Group 1, $2 million, uh, nice sort of race. So um, it's great for his sire, Harry Angel, who's, that's, he's in his first crop. So uh, we'd really like to keep that, that, um, uh, that group racing uh, for the sire as well. So, yeah, no, it looks good. We're back to Group 1 business uh, next Saturday, obviously, Vin, with the Memsey Stakes. Are you likely to have a runner there? Uh, at this stage, unlikely. Okay. Um, and... Many more of your big guns sort of, uh, I guess, resuming or, you know, uh, that we can keep an eye on in the, in the next few weeks, um, you know, because uh, it's that time of year, isn't it? It's late August. Yeah. It's not quite spring, but it feels like it. Yeah, no, we, we should have In Secret out next Saturday, um, this coming Saturday, um, in the Concord. Um, so she's been, she had an uh, uh, exhibition gallop at Rose Hill yesterday. Um, she seemingly performed quite well. So, um, no, we're, we're, we're happy to see her come back. Cylinder all go to the front of the rows. Um, what else have we got? Um, Tom Pittman yesterday. 
Um, yeah, they're the sort of they're, they're the sort of major ones at this point. What did you make of the cylinder last week? Because I mean, the the the, the price tag uh, suggested probably should have won easy, and you know, just got there. But, but what did you make of it? Yeah, you can only win it, um, and there was a lot of a lot of uh, talk that perhaps he hasn't come back as as well as as what people may have thought or liked. Um, I think there's still plenty more to give with that horse. He'll improve a lot from that run. Just before we leave Tom Kitt, I've got a couple of other questions. Uh, the name of the horse, how's, how was he named? <laughs> um, I don't know that one. I reckon uh, I you do. <laughs> Suzanne uh, Philcox comes up with these names and sometimes you scratch your head to where that come from. But, um, but no, I, I should do some homework and find out where what, what, yeah. what, it, what it was about. But by Godolphin's standards, that's a little one left field. And there it must, is a little bit of left there field. There must be a story but, um, to it. But there, is, there would be a backstory, I can assure you. She's always got, um, always got some story around it. You've been making your presence felt Godolphin, I mean, over the last uh, few weeks, just to, to mention a couple of winners there yesterday, uh, a horse in a, a benchmark race, Marquess. Yeah, he's a five-year-old, uh, fairly lightly raced, um, well, very lightly raced. He's only, only, only had the eight starts, and even J-Mac jumped off and said, this is a very good horse, but he's still a kid. Um, so he's got a bit to learn. Um, we do think he can go right through the grace. Yeah, out of the very good mare, Purple. Yes, he's extremely quick. Bread in the purple, as they say. Um, he's by Tavis Stock out of, out of purple. He's a group one winner. Um, so, yeah, we, um, we, he, he won well. We expected him to, 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 to run well. Um, that was his second run up from, from a long spell, uh, having won first up. So, uh, you know, I think you can expect to see him land in, in the stakes race very, very shortly. And at the Valley, Inhibition's got the job done. Yeah, she was very good. Um, she, you know, she she was favourite. Um, had a good run in transit again. A lot of speed up front, and she was able to, able to mow them down. So, um, we'll probably there's some nice three-year-old stakes race fillies come uh, coming up in the next little bit. So, hopefully, we can see a, a pop up there. She's a filly we bought at the Easter sale, and um, and if we can get some black type, well, she is stakes place. But if we get a black type win with her, it um, considerably add to her value. And she is well known by Zoo Star out of Work Drinks inhibitions. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Jason Walsh actually he came up with that name. So um, uh, Jason's a non-drinker, so he he uh, he can clearly see what happens at Work Drinks. How can you be a non-drinker, honestly? <laughs> Please, <laughs> you do know about Tom Kitten too. I'm sure you. Do. <laughs> no, I don't. I I'm don't sure know. you do. Good to good to chat, and we'll be we'll be in touch hopefully over the next uh, few months. Yeah, good on you. Thanks, lads. Talk soon. Finn Cox joining us this morning. David, I want to clarify something too, or not clarify something, but talk to something. I got a couple of questions yesterday um, from random punters, and they said, we love hearing Vin Cox on the show on a Sunday morning, because we get him on quite a lot, obviously, because they have a lot of winners, Godolphin. We said, well, why don't you get James Cummings? Well, I can tell you why we don't get James Cummings. He's generally pretty good with his time. Sunday morning, church. Uh, so it's pretty much a no-go uh, zone to talk to James, and fair enough uh, too. Would be nice to hear from James occasionally, but I've got to say, isn't Vin terrific with his time? Just gives you everything you need to know, very honest and upfront. He's fabulous. He's the sort of person you can just put in this chair here for past the post and host it or press room on a Monday because he's, he's, his knowledge is, is outstanding. But the, And always, as, as you said, very generous with his time. So on that yesterday, um, Tom Kitten, clearly the run of the race, and... Again, sexually was very good. Um, 34-29 leader to winner, but he came from a long way back. But uh, he seems an ideal horse going towards like a spring champion. And he showed during his two-year-old campaign, you know, when two-year-olds win at a mile, 
you know, in their first campaign, you know, or you, you, it leads you to think that as an early season three-year-old, they'll be coping with a 1,800, 2,000 metres, maybe even a bit further. But, but certainly the spring champion at $2 million is a good target. Yeah, absolutely. And as I said at the top of the show, I thought it was uh, the run of the day. Cafe Millennium was an interesting run from the back. Looked like uh, was sort of going to sort of run a place at one point and then just you know hit a flat spot. Probably I'm convinced that horse has got some sort of future. That um, I, John I O'Shea agree horse. with you. Too. He's like Humphrey the Camel. Early. He can't he, go. He's got no idea what he's doing still. Once uh, the penny actually drops, and clearly he probably wants a mile, I think, or maybe even longer. But th- there's something to work with there for sure. I think Gary Portelli would have um, gone to bed last night with a big smile on his face because Space Boy won in Brisbane, but. In this race, Kintyre, good again. And also, uh, in Cap was extremely good. If you, th- you thought Tom Kitten's win was good, and it was, well, in Cap's run was good as well. He was at the back of the bus and really hitting the line. He's probably one of the best maidens um, in Australia. He's had four starts yet to win, but that was a ripper of a run yesterday. Yeah, it certainly was. I still reckon the biggest smile on Gary Portelli's face yesterday would have been when, when old Space Boy got the chocolates. $2.80 on the tab. I mean, honestly... Like, good luck to you if you if you back that horse. And you know what? We'll talk about this later, but terrifically well-placed, lightweight. I get all barrier one, doom, and I get all that. But you I, could, I, <laughs> I said to my, my colleague before the race, I said, I couldn't back this horse with stolen money. Like, if someone actually gave me $10,000, I couldn't, couldn't have any of it on. But yeah. anyway, I'm, good luck we'll, to him. We'll talk about that more later, but I will say... You had to pick out one horse to preview for to preview or put pick out one horse for your preview to go around. You pick Space Boy. You're a very good judge. Ah, just what I do, David. Uh, just leaving the up and coming uh, on the downside. Caballus was disappointing. Yeah, I think there may have been an issue picked up post race there. I probably should have done my research there, but yes. I'm pretty sure James McDonald hit it at one post race. I think there was um, a bit of a cough, and then I think when the horse was scoped, there was some mucus there, so might be a physical issue with Caballus because. He, he he went too badly to be true with the run he had. Let's have a listen to a couple of the other races from Rose Hill Gardens yesterday. Let's go to the ninth race of the day. This was a benchmark 100. Way by a half on Brunelli, Mission Phoenix, and political debate very well positioned by McAvoy in fourth. Then came Mystery Shot, followed a half the outside to Tycoonus. They're followed by Dark Dream from Spangler, Caprice de Dieu, Law Miena, Inver Park sees them all about a dozen lengths off the lead. So Glitter Silver, J4 did his job by firing it out of the gates, and Glitter Silver turns the corner in front from Brunelli. Now political debate pulls out, Tycoonus pulls out, Mission Phoenix needs room back on the rails. 300 to go. Glitter Silver still in front. Political debate's going after him. Glitter Silver and political debate. Brunelli sticks on in the middle. Further back to Mystery Shot looking for room. It's political debate having a job to shake them off. Brunelli keeps fighting on the inside. It's political debate and Brunelli. Brunelli and political debate. Brunelli! Oh, brave Brunelli. Just won that from political debate. I think Mystery Shot third from Glitter Silver. Then Mission Phoenix. Further back to Lormi in Spangler in the park. Dark Tycoonus, Dark Dream, and Caprice de Dieu. Vernelli was, v- was second up, coming off what was a poor run uh, at Rose Hill first up. It was beaten nearly 11 lengths, just dropped off. But Adrian Bott did say to stewards that um, he felt the horse would go better second up, and he also felt the horse might have swallowed its tongue first up. So a tongue tie went on yesterday. So gear change is always significant, and this is a good case in point. Yeah, uh, Regan Bayless really had to get to work there in the final stages. Uh, got the very best out of that horse. Gee whiz, political debate. We remember, I think ran second in a JJ Atkins mm. um, up here. 
I thought had that race absolutely shot to bits, just sitting there in the one out one back, cantering. Just couldn't get the job done. Yeah, a horse that maybe has had issues because you mentioned that that Atkins run and then had two runs during last year's spring, the run of the Rose and the Golden Rose didn't fire. And then we haven't seen him until he resumed after almost a year's spell. So it was obviously, uh, you know, a backstory to political debate. But he was he was solid yesterday without being you know exciting. So I don't think he was solid. I think he had every possible place. Well, I thought he was all right. All right. That's probably summed it up. A pass mark? I wouldn't give... I just, Not even that. I just thought the political debate, and I, I know there may have been some issues, but the hype around this guy as a youngster, you know, the Coolmore, Son of So You Think, the rich price tag, everything, uh, given the run that he had in that race, I thought if he had a, a really good share of ability, he should have put that field away. Note to self, mark political debate down <laughs> as a horse to follow after <laughs> Dorries knocks it. Okay, race 10, let's have a listen. There's the way. Bayless has got Dalalot up running second. Diamond Dealer third. Then came Piney River. Cast off the track at this point is Carbling from Astero and Arts and the White Cap is next. Further back then to Brosnan from Cuban Real Lock Eagle. And Rosita is the last one. 500 metres to go. Munition spins in front from Dalalot. Diamond Dealer's coming into the clear now from Piney River. The pair brush there. Pushing Carbling deeper out at the 300 metres. And Dalalot moved up to race to a narrow lead. Diamond Dealers in pursuit. Then came Pioneer River. Astero making ground towards the inside as Diamond Dealer takes the lead from Astero late on the scene. Diamond Dealer from Astero. Diamond Dealer won the last from Astero. Pioneer River third. Uh, then Brosnan flashing at the end from Dalalar close up. Cuban Real and Rosita. Munitions getting a little bit tired from Car Bling and Arts was one of the last to finish. Yeah, Diamond Dealer, that was her sixth career win yesterday. Bjorn Baker, the trainer. Tyler Schiller, the winning jockey. She was hard in the market, a mare by Dundeal, and it was just too good for them. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, nice way for punters to finish the day. I think Diamond Dealer might have started the marginal second favourite with Pioneer River as favourite, but uh, regardless, there's a lot of punters on board. So we turn up a notch next Saturday as we go to the, the first Saturday of officially of spring and, the, of course, the Concord. Group three, the 1,000 metres. This is where the Everest conversation starts to kick in strongly. We've got the Group 2 Chelmsford, the Group 2 Tramway, the Group 2 Furious for the, the Phillies, and, of course, the City Tats Club Cup at listed level. I can tell you there's a fascinating horse that's going to resume in the Tramway, and that is Fireburn, who was controversially scratched, uh, we remember, from uh, the Group 1 during the Queensland Winter Carnival, uh, the Golden Slipper winner and stretching out in distance. So... Gary Portelli remains convinced uh, there was very, very little wrong with Fireburn when uh, she was in Queensland. Thanks for your company. I'm past the post this morning. We're going to turn our attention now to racing in Brisbane at Doombin, where we raced on a perfect surface. The first of our races to have a listen back to is the three-year-old plate, the seventh race of the day, and deep respect who was coming out of an impressive midweek maiden win was the favourite. Tiger Shark now speeds on by 800 metres left to go. Whipped away to lead from Shot of Whiskey in second and third. The inside deep respect. So in the wash up, the favourite's got the box seat trail. The player on length back fourth. One away top father inside of Spin Doctor, then Zelgaria and Glass of Rose. First 600 metres, 35 and 5. 500 left to Rana. Leader was Tiger Shark from Shot of Whiskey. Deep respect third under lock and key as the player comes up three wide around the turn. Then top fun. Spin Doctor trying to get moving. And Glass of Rose. 
Jose came wider with Zelgaria. In the home straight, though, Tiger Shark leads the way. Deep Respect's got ample room now. He sets sail on up to Tiger Shark. The player only battling, then shot of Whiskey and Spin Doctor. But Tiger Shark at the 100 metres is well clear. Deep Respect can't make up the leeway. Then the player, Tiger Shark, most of the way. Got the money. Beat Deep Respect. Third was Spin Doctor. And the player ran fourth. They're followed then by Glass of Rosé. Top fun shot of Whiskey and Zelgaria last home in 110.18. Well, Tiger Shark is a promising, rich enough filly. She was having her fifth start yesterday. It was her first foray at 1,200 metres and she came through it with flying colours. Nat McCall's a trainer and she's our next guest on Past the Post. Nat, good morning. Morning, guys. How are you? Well, uh, congratulations on yesterday. I was saying in the preview yesterday morning that I thought this filly ran the best of all those who contested that Miss Cooter race. Uh, she didn't win, but she had to do a tough off the track and never gave up. No, no, I thought she was really, really good first up. Um, and, you know, Damien came in and said she's better than these ones, um, which gives you plenty of confidence. When we looked at the tracker and the, um, you know, the data afterwards, it was a really, really nice run. So, And she's a big growth filly. She was always going to improve off that as well. It's got a fascinating backstory. Uh, those colours, very, very flashy colours, uh, belong to Jeff Ellis and Janine Ellis. And if listeners don't know who they are, they are the brains and the people behind the Boost Juice Company. Um, and we remember Janine Ellis, obviously, off Shark Tank and, and all sorts of things. So how did you hook up with these guys, Nat? Because uh, I'd imagine they'd be great owners to have. Yeah, they are. It's predominantly Jeff. I don't think Janine's too interested, but um, Jeff really passionate about the racing. So... Um, after River Lad one, we actually had Luke Oliver brought up a horse they own called Jessie Bell, and she stayed with us through the Winter Carnival. Um, and they came up just to visit her one time, said that they'd bought some property up at Noosa, and um, when they finally built up there, that they'd probably send a couple of horses that way. So uh, that was all great. And, you know, it was probably six or seven years later, I hadn't really heard anything, so kind of, you know, put it on the back burner and... Um, we were actually overseas holidaying and last year and got a call from Jeff to see if we'd like to take a couple, and Tiger Shark was one of those. So do you get some sort of free juice or something from him when, when a horse wins <laughs> like this? Do you, do you get a lifetime sort of free pass for orange juice or something, Nat? Or? No, no, I haven't. But the lady that um, actually went down, the uh, bloodstock agent that picked Tiger Shark out, every time she wins, she gets a free week at the uh, <laughs> at the holiday house at Noosa. So oh, that sounds good. <laughs> He's not a good gig. Uh, what, what about uh, as a race caller? I see a lot of colours. They're a great set of colours, aren't they? Yeah, they well, you know, they probably very much boost juicy, I suppose. There's lots of colours there. And uh, at first, I actually find them pretty hard to pick out because they have got grey sleeves. So when they're side on, they're a little bit tricky to find. But um, once they sort of turn for home, you can, you can spot them pretty good. Now, what about uh, the future with her? That was only a second run this campaign. And as I said, she... She came through the 1,200-metre test with flying colours. Have you, have you got a plan in mind? Look, we were just, you know, really taking it day by day with her. Um, there's a nice 1,200 back here at home uh, in three weeks. Or, you know, on the, on the strength of yesterday and knowing that she's probably still not, probably wasn't still 100% wound up, um, good improvement there. I think you've got to, you've got to have a look at some southern um, assignments, Um possibly go down to Melbourne, but we'll just see how she comes through the run. There's no pressure from Jeff. He just loves racing. He's not worried about where we go or what we do, and he pretty much leaves that to me. So we'll, we'll just assess her over the week and, and see which way we go. We should mention too, Nat, that, um, you know, obviously these guys are pretty much business moguls, the Ellis's, aren't they? But, I mean, uh, 
it was only twelve thousand dollars that the Tiger Shark cost as a, as a weanling. So so no sort of fancy Larry purchase by any chance. No, he's um, he's got a really not, uh, great bloodstock agent in uh, Shani Rose, and she just sort of went through and. I think they may have, don't quote me, but I think they may have pinhooked a couple the same year, um, but kept Tiger Shark, and she does a really great job. Like, she loves the filly's temperament, and, you know, obviously she's a, a pretty magnificent horse to look at. She's big and strong and um, very much a racehorse, so she does a really good job. And I think Jeff's more along those lines where he, he just wants to buy racehorses more than a, than a page. So um, we bought a couple of really nice weanlings again this year through the same sale, so hopefully we can get a, the same result. We've got a spare of thought for Nikita, Nikita Berryman, of course, because she partnered uh, Tiger Shark through all of her runs in her first campaign. Of course, she's done her shoulder. And how's she going at the moment? Yeah, I think she's got about another month or so of uh, recovery. And I think I think about the first week of October, she goes back to the specialist to have a look and see where she's at. So, yeah, she'll definitely be kicking herself. But, um, you know, that's, that's racing, as they say, unfortunately. But, yeah, so she'll, she was definitely, she was the first one to text me yesterday after Love she won. It. So she's watching on. I've got to ask you too, Nat. It's almost 10 years ago now, but the Stradbroke uh, win, um, obviously massive times with River Lad would have been the highlight of your training career, no doubt. Um, the, the nine or ten years since, uh, have you got close to? Have you had a horse in that time where you thought, you know what, this could be the next River Lad, this could be a Group One horse, or or, or, or how's it sort of, you know, how's the business sort of been travelling in that regard? Because you've you've had plenty of winners. Have you got close to having another another River Lad? Look, I really think there's a horse called Platinum Euros that I trained that was extremely talented. Um, just had a myriad of troubles and, you know, eventually ended up bleeding at the Gold Coast one day, but he was an extraordinary talent. Um, probably, I would say, potential-wise, probably better than the old horse, but, um, you know, obviously doesn't go out and didn't go out and do it. But, you know, he was on his day um, when we could get him to the races sound and in good nick, he was pretty um, devastating. So he's probably as close as we've got, but he's retired. Um, Tiger Shark, obviously nice and... You know, we've had a couple since then. Old, old Colour Charge won a couple of listed in a group race for us. And Lady Echelon, obviously, she was around the same era as um, River Lad. She she won a few nice races for us. So this really is probably as nice as we've had come through since then. I think she's very promising. A horse you've got going well, ticking over nicely in the, the provincial and midweek classes, the interestingly named Winston Smurfill. Yeah, he's been great for the stable. Um, we originally trained him... For, for a client and he wanted to get rid of him um, and I thought probably a little bit prematurely so we brought him back and uh, we were actually quite prepared just to racing ourselves for the for the stable but um, a lot of owners were keen to jump on it you know I think we paid 12 grand for him when we brought him back and he's been great this time in he's just gone from strength to strength he's gone from a, a benchmark 55 to a, a class 5 midweek in town so um, he's done a great job. He'll have another run. He'll run again next week, and then he'll he'll go off to the paddock after that. But you know, he's won, um, I think, four from six this time round, and and one day he bucks. So we can put a line through that one. So he's been very very consistent, and he's just a really happy horse in the zone at the moment. Yeah, he makes his own luck. Rolls for him. What I like about him as well, I called that race at Eagle Farm the other day. He looked like he was uh, well, he was headed. Or if if at the very worst, the other horse drew level, but he doesn't know how to give in. He's got a lot of ticker in him. Oh, for sure. Um, and I think that's just something that we've learnt with him along the way. We were always trying to get him just to settle off the pace and thinking that he was going to get out over a bit more of a trip. But this time we've just settled on keeping him to that sort of 1,400 metre. I wouldn't be afraid to stretch him to the mile, but um, he's bold going and 
he just does what he has to do. Uh, you know, and on the line the other day, he was probably drawing away mm. again from those other horses with his, you know, had a, you know, having a look around. So um, Luke loves him. He says he, he just wants it more than any other horse in the race. So that's why he's, you know, he's getting those wins on the board. So it's good to have a horse in the stable that's putting in everything for you. Good to chat and continued good success with Tiger Shark. You've had a nice run there. Thank you very much. Nat McCall joining us from the Sunshine Coast. I've got a great real lad story. Yep. Ready for this? Yep. So back in 2014, I'd, I'd started covering racing a couple of years earlier. We used to have a big, huge lift-out, Stradbroke lift-out in the Courier Mail. It was 20 pages or something. It was enormous, full of advertising and all sorts of things. Robert Craddock, the great Crash Craddock, um, contributed to it. You know, a bit of a colour rider and whatever. And we all had to put tips in. And anyway, he sort of fell in love with the River Lad story and did a story on Nat McCall. And uh, he came up to me and he said, look, I'm going to tip River Lad for the Stradbroke and uh, I'm going to have $25 each one. I said, mate, I said, don't goose, goose yourself. That That is the most stupid thing I've ever heard. River Lad, I think it was 50 to 1 at the time. I said, it has got absolutely zero chance, mate. You'll just, you'll end up with egg on your face. I don't want you to look silly, mate. So what did he do? Didn't have 25 each one and took it out of his tips. Yeah. So what does that tell you, David? Well, it's a... Well, it tells me everything I know about you. <laughs> there's, there's no... You're consistent of nothing else. not let me forget it either. Yeah, that was that was one of the, the rare years. A Stradbroke was a slowly run Stradbroke and Oliver on Riverland and, uh, and Temple of Boom, they went tooth and nail, but they'd really controlled it up front. So hard to believe it's almost a decade ago. But Tiger Shark's a nice horse uh, because I've got an opinion of deep respect and, and I'm, I know that uh, Connections would have been disappointed being beaten yesterday, but... They might have just run into one a little better on the day in Tiger Shark. Well, let's have a listen to Space Boy. He and Don't Stop, they went toe-to-toe um, -to -toe right through the day from a betting point of view. One was favourite, then the other. It was a real seesawing struggle. But uh, when they jumped away, Space Boy was in front and Don't Stop was in the you-know-where. Into the first bend, Space Boy with an easy lead. Stuttering in close attendance, trails by three quarters. High ring, one away third, the box seat, then contemptuous and indispensable. Forced to do it tough. Three wide, fifth outside that pair. Vein stream, three wide with cover around Gogola. And on the inside, Wapiti, then Snow's that acrobatic. Sir Rocket and Don't Stop whips them in in a first split of 35.13. 36.13, in fact. Onto the turn, it's all been Space Boy's way. Can he get home today, Space Boy? He turns into the straight in front with a full head of steam and tries to pinch a break. Stuttering is trying to give chase. Then I ring contemptuous. Indispensable. Don't stop a bit of back. Space Boy in front. Stuttering a length and a half behind him. The others aren't making any ground. Space Boy's the leader. 100 to go. If you're on him, I think you're home. You're home. You're home. Space Boy all the way. Beats Stuttering contemptuous and Wapatee up for fourth and acrobatic. Followed by I ring. Then Sir Rocket indispensable. Don't stop, didn't back up, didn't fire, then go goal, followed by Vane Stream, and last over the line was Snow Zone in 1961. I had to mention that three times that he was home because people in the past who've backed him have heard me say he's home and he wasn't. So once I said it three times, I convinced them. Well, I was unconvinced when I interviewed Gary Portelli uh, in the days leading up to this race. He pointed out, he said, this, this horse has been a great horse for owners. Uh, I think prior to Saturday, had raced 44 times, run placings on half those occasions, picked up almost 700 grand. So let's make that point. Terrific if you own him. They've never had to put their hand in the pocket and try, pay for training fees. The horse has more than paid for itself. But Gary Portelli, and I'll, I'll read you this quote, he said, he's been a great horse if you're an owner of him, but a nightmare if you're a punter. 
It doesn't seem to matter whether I put him in a 1,300-metre race, a 1,200-metre race, or an 1,100-metre race. Over the last 50 metres, if they are coming, there's always been another horse who's been able to get him. But that didn't happen. It was Christmas for Space Boy yesterday. He's, he's been around the block a bit. He started his racing career in November 2018, so almost five years. He's a Magic Millions graduate. We've seen him at two Cardinals. He, he ran fourth in a maiden, and he actually competed in the Carnival this year, the race King of Sparta won. But I... I felt I was a bit too harsh on Spaceboy when I started to delve back into his form this morning when, when getting ready for the program. His last win was at Canterbury only last November, so it's not that long ago, and he hasn't had a lot of runs since then. And yesterday, with that good gait, the speed to use the gait, and down six and a half kilos, it was probably a certainty. Yeah, and Doombin as well. <laughs> like, exactly. you know, rather than, the, rather than the big Eagle Farm track where, you know, you can be a sitting shot late for others. That was the, the upside. The downside was the other well-back runner, Don't Stop, which was my best bet of the day. But an average getaway, a mile back, but then didn't even put in either. And I think even young Paul Nolan said post-race that he may not have backed up after the, the, the seven-day... didn't appreciate the seven-day backup after running third last Saturday. So he'll be freshened up. Not else a lot to come out of the race. So stuttering, he's always honest. Whopper T, I thought, caught the eye. He, he's been down on form, but... Might be getting ready for a crack at the Toowoomba Cup in a month's time. Oh, yeah, that uh, it's not far away, Toowoomba, is it? Well, you don't get to Toowoomba, do you? No. You'd be very popular in Toowoomba, I reckon. <laughs> very popular. I don't know about that. <laughs> it's been that, been that sort of my... my you my don't go that far for holidays, do you? No. <laughs> Going down the road's enough for me. Let's have a listen to the last race of the day. This was a good betting race. At, at one point, or they backed five runners. It was nearly $5 a field. Pace looks to be good. Canadian Dancer in front. Hype went up to annoy it. Third is Aquarelta and fourth without revenge. Did that quartet get away by about four to Stampy? Followed by Wolf Moon, Hoka Hay, Honourable Spirit, Red Wave, Black Lock, Point Counter, Point Shopping, a spree would be 12 to 30 lengths off them. And Barnard whips them in. A strung out field. 600 metres left to run. The first split in 61 and 29. Can the leaders keep going? Canadian Dancer and Hype lead the way. Aquarelta third waiting on a run without revenge being pushed along. Then Wolf Moon followed by Stampy. I notice Ormond on shopping a spree starting to get a move on as heads were turned for home. Into the home straight though. Canadian Dancer led the way. Hype on the outside from Aquarelta. Wolf Moon is trying to push through. There's not much room. Blacklog is sweeping home and so too is shopping a spree. Particularly shopping a spree. Shopping a spree with 100 to go. Went to Blacklog and then Aquarelta and he's off with a prize Ormond. Shopping a spree won the last. Beat Blacklog. Third Aquarelta. Fourth either Wolf Moon who didn't have much luck in the straight or Hoka Hay. Then came high point counterpoint followed by Canadian Dancer without revenge Stampy, Barnard Red Wave and Honourable Spirit trailed them home in 136 and 9 I've seen this happen many times before uh, the jockeys start to think there's a bias there, we saw Vodka Martini lead all the way, Tiger Shark lead all the way, Space Boy lead all the way all of a sudden it's a it's a bias track towards the inside, they all want to go forward in the last race, no one thought the pace would be that hot but they're all up there and Orman just sat back with a big smile on his face saying, keep going, boys, and let the shopping spree unfold. And it was all over Red Rover as they turned for home. Well, yeah, and no, I was a um, terrific patient ride. Uh, interesting horse. I mean, you see Chris Waller and you sort of think, oh, well, this must be a horse he's brought up to his satellite stable that used to race in Sydney or something. But no, uh, this horse has had several trainers, never raced outside of Queensland. And it's first win in uh, Bow Desert in uh, 2019 when ridden by Ellen Chow and trained by Sean Anderson. So it's you know since been trained by Stuart Kenrick. I think it went to Stuart and Taylor McKinnon, I think, for a while as well and, and has ended up with Chris Waller, won three of its last four, David. 
Yeah, I, I think Sean Anderson's the part owner of Shopping Spree, so there's obviously a backstory to it because he's seven years of age, but he's only had 18 starts but eight wins, so it's a damn good strike rate. And I think also yesterday showed that a mile is his most effective distance. 1,800 might be just a bridge too far, which I think we saw the other day at Eagle Farm. That was some of the highlights from racing at Doombin yesterday. We'll take a break on Past the Post. Still plenty more to come on the other side of this break. Need a forklift? Don't just get a forklift, get a Toyota forklift. Toyota is the world's number one forklift brand. With a great range of pallet jacks, walkie stackers and reach forklifts, right up to their leading Toyota counterbalance forklifts. Legendary reliability and safety with cleaner, greener electric options, Toyota can tailor the right forklift solution for you. It's all part of the Toyota forklift advantage. For more, visit toyotamaterialhandling.com.au. Get a Toyota forklift. The only place to catch the very best equine superstars from around the globe, first time, every time, is right here. Live and exclusive across the Sky Racing Network. Bonaparte on the outside, heading top gear. Look at Bonaparte, bang! Bonaparte for Archer Park. Another city win for Bonaparte and another success story for Archer Park Racing. Bonaparte being purchased as a trade horse from interstate. But the real jewel in Queensland Racing's crown is the cutest bonus scheme, and Archer Park Racing have been collecting plenty of them. An extra 24,000 jumped in with recent city winners Defiant Spirit and Count to Beans, and Connolly earned an extra 16,000 with a Gold Coast win. So it's timely that Archer Park Racing has several well-bred cutest two-year-olds available for sale, and you can choose what share you want. Simply go to the website to find out more, archerparkracing.com.au. Archer Park Racing, it takes racing ownership to the next level. Sports report. First up this morning, big news for our national sport, cricket. Cricket? The... Sorry, but our national sport what? is not cricket. Yeah, it's Aussie rules. No, it's rugby no, league. Cricket was played first. Soccer's played the most. No, played cr- the best. Well, the world would argue yeah. swimming. We serve more than we, we ski almost no, as much as cricket. Sport is our sport, and it's all better on the Tab app. Tab. We're on. You win some, you lose more. For free and confidential support, visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. Every eight minutes, an Australian is diagnosed with type 2 diabetes. Being overweight and inactive significantly increases the risk of developing type 2 diabetes and other chronic conditions. Walking regularly is the best exercise because you can easily build it into your daily routine. So let's get walking every day Friday, 1st of September, is Diabetes Australia Walk to Work Day. Join the walking class and learn more at walk.com.au. You're listening to Radio Tab's Pass the Post with David Fowler and Ben Dorries. Let's give you that marker for the Golden Rose because we were talking quite a bit about it in the early part of the program. Shinzo, yet to be seen uh, this campaign, but not far away at $4.50. Cylinder, we mentioned $6.00. Militarise, a stable made of Shinzo, also ready to launch at eight. King Colorado, 11. And those two that won yesterday, Tom Kitten and Libertad, currently $15 for the Golden Rose. What are your two horses, if I had to, if you had to give me two horses to follow for the spring? No. no, no come on, hurry no, up. I, I, I can't. Why not? Well, don't put it straight on me like that. I Why can't not? think like that. Why can't you? Because the older you get, it's slow, the mind processes things slower, and I can't think like that. You want my two? But I can call 20 runners. <laughs> <laughs> I can process quick there. Now, you've got me on the hop. What are your two then? So you've obviously got them in your mind. Yeah, Amelia's Jewel. Yeah. 
And and you'll say this is recency bias, and because I've seen this horse up here, but I'm convinced Kovalikas is going to be a superstar. So they're my two horses. Congratulations, Skip. I would never have discovered those two. Amelia's no, nah, but I mean, what, what do you want me to do? Come up with something that you've never heard of, like yeah, something left field. Well, so, something like well, Amelia's say, jewel comes from Perth. Like everyone's going to be saying, "Oh, we well, should be no good over here." No, that, they, no they're not. No, they're not. They're, they're all saying she's outstanding. I wanted you to come. With something well, I've field. come up with two horses. You've come up with sweet bugger all. And I can say nothing. To you, I can say to you at the end of November. Remember that. Every, okay, Mister Red, your horse to follow for the spring. Beautiful. You're, you were an outstanding <laughs> judge, Ben. Imagine me saying that. Do you remember those? No, those words will never come from my lips. You're an outstanding judge, Ben. I wouldn't have thought so. And a great sexual time for <laughs> as well. There's a few lies told this morning. Stop it. Yeah, exactly. Let's stop it because we've got to move on. Let's go to the listed car line at the Valley yesterday. A bit of pressure at that point. Then Little Miss Cubie. Acromantula glides towards the corner at the 300 metres. A length and a half to snap her off its back. Omni Man Hypothetical Ashford Street in the next line. Acromantula 150 metres to go. Led by a length and a half to Hypothetical who's finishing well. But Acromantula too fast, too quick. Won it by a length. Acromantula from Hypothetical.